Before we begin our episode today, Harley and I have one more thing to share with you. As many of you in the Pride 48 community of shows know, we lost a member of our special family last month. We can't start today without acknowledging Rodan J. Copilot and the loss of his husband, Gambit LeBeau Copilot, on May 12th. We know that you, Rodan, have the support of family and friends and Taylor and Taffy, as well as all of us that are involved in the Pride 48 community. We are heartbroken for you and also feel a great loss as we never got to meet Gambit. Rodan, please take good care of yourself and know that our thoughts and good wishes are with you. Also, thank you for courageously sharing your story and your experience of all that you had to deal with regarding Gambit's hospital stay and passing. I know that will help us as well as many other people. Thank you. This is Enormous, with your hosts Harley and KC. This is our mid-month shorty episode. And I think we're going to keep it really loose. Oh, well, that's what he said. <laughs> I think we're just going to start talking and see where it leads us. You want to talk to me? What would you like to talk about? I want about? to talk to you. But I have a feeling that we might talk about ageism a little bit. Yeah. and uh, We can't help it. Seeing says how we're old. Uh-huh. And then just natter about some uh, memories that we have. Yeah, we could do that. You know, uh, last night I was talking to my husband and we were talking about our relationship. And he said, why do you keep treating our relationship like it's a silly game? I said, well, I don't. And unfortunately, that's going to cost you 12 points and a bonus turn. <laughs> <laughs> One time I sang in a wedding outdoors. They put a grand piano, a shiny black grand piano, a baby grand, in a uh, like gazebo, a wooden gazebo. Right. And they put me in there. I felt rather like Elton John in somebody's backyard because they mic'd me and they mic'd the piano. And I was here I am in this in this shiny black uh piano was a yamaha i think which they make it's very nice it was a very nice yamaha is a good piano yeah and they can you believe that they moved it outdoors into the backyard into this gazebo uh so i could play the piano and sing for this wedding so do you play the piano so i do still no i don't not not like i used to i used to play every day so let me tell you more Uh, i'm in the backyard playing the piano uh in the gazebo and uh, they also requested, uh, the, the wedding couple had requested a song that was a duet song, a man and a woman duet song. Did you sing both parts? So No, 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 no. So, <laughs> so one of my students, she was a professional sang- singer. She actually has sang before down at the Brown Palace. Right. What's that uh, bar back there in the funny corner that they say there's a ghost? The Ship's Tavern. Ship's Tavern. Okay, so there's a, I guess there's a piano bar in there, or it used to be a piano bar. I don't know if that's still the case. But, yes, it is. Uh, she used to sing in there sometimes, and she was a student of mine. So I asked her, would you come and sing for me in this wedding? And she was like, sure, but I don't get it. What's it going to be like? And I said, well... It'll kind of be like the Captain Tennille. I'm the captain and you're Tennille. <laughs> That's pretty good, actually. I could, so, I could see you dressed up like the captain. <laughs> I should have had a little sailor hat, for to be sure. I could dress up like Tennille. Tennille. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't sing, though. I'd only lip sync. 
Do you remember the Bette Midler movie? I'm trying to remember what it was called. But she sang a song, Go into the chapel and yeah. we're yes. gonna get married. Yes. And she was dressed half groom, half bride, uh-huh. and she switched from one side to the other. Right, right. Do you remember that? What was that? What was the name of that movie? I don't remember what it was. The name of the show, I think, was Clams on the Half Shell Review. Do you know how she got her start? I think I heard it was like a gay bat performing in a gay bathhouse. The Continental Baths in New York. Barry Manilow was her piano player. Okay. And he didn't come out till many years later to the public, but boy, he was playing a piano in a gay, gay bath. Uh-huh, but it seems like just a little while ago that he came out, yeah. not even that long ago. So can you imagine? that? I wish I could have been there and seen oh, me that. too. There was a magazine, I'm trying to remember what it was, it was produced by Rolling Stone. It was Rolling Stone magazine. I used to it, get it. It was a large format yes. magazine. Do you remember that? Yes, I, get, I got it, yeah. And there was an article in there about Bette Midler. This must have been 1970 three maybe performing in the gay baths in new york and uh her first album had just come out the divine miss m oh yes Mm -hmm. and it was a big hit it was i bought it in compact disc no it wasn't compact disc i lied i bought it in cassette (laughs) it would be cassette or an a track even maybe so back in 1973 i drove a 1971 Volkswagen Campmobile. Oh, how nice. With a pop-up top. I never had sex in it. No? No. Even though I had the opportunity and there was a bed in the back and a pop-up top with a cot in the top, a camp cot in the top. I I can't believe you had that. You never told me you had a... Yeah, it was my parents, but they let me drive it. Yeah, nice. So I put a cassette player. I hid it in the glove box. Just a portable one. A portable one. Okay. No, it wasn't a portable one. It was an installed oh, cassette Oh, ins- but you installed it in the glove box. Right. Instead of okay. putting it where the radio went, because yes. I didn't want to alter the vehicle, yes. I put it in the glove box. Okay, smart. And I bought two cassettes, my first two cassettes. One was The Divine Miss End by Bette Midler. The other one was James Taylor, Mudslide Slim, and Very The Blue nice. Horizon, I think. Well, you know, somewhere in this house, and we could dig around because you know what a hoarder I am. I, st- I have my box of cassettes. You do so, we, so I could find my first one and actually physically show it to you if we just dug around. Yes, it was one of those boxes with the, with the, the I think it was burgundy red, uh, like puffy, like Naga hide. Uh-huh. Remember those boxes? Sure. Like they were padded yeah. behind the, uh-huh. Yeah, I've, it's here somewhere. The question is, do you have any way to play that cassette? Mm, I think so, yes. Because you could show me the cassette, but if you can't hear it, it kind of loses its impact. (laughs) I feel like I may have bought, I don't know, Steve Winwood or something. might have been my first cassette. The High Life or something? Something like that, yeah. trying to remember what his album was called. I had Um, a Volkswagen. was my first car. It was a Fastback. Really? So not the Beetle, but the one with the sloping back into Uh it, yeah was my first car my first car was a 1963 volkswagen beetle wow i think my fastback was a 67 wow but it was old when i had it it wasn't like i got it in yeah no 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 same for me same for me i my uncle worked at the volkswagen dealership in storm lake iowa i'll just call out the place i may be old but i'm not that old yeah me too same so i have a question for you (laughs) yes as an older gay man, because we're both older gay men. We are. 
Do you feel like it's an asset or a detriment? To be what? To be to older? life, to or, your oh, enjoyment of life. To be older? Yeah. Well, yes, is the answer to that. It's both of those things. Sometimes sure. it's an asset. And sometimes, I don't know if we'll say detriment, that sounds, that sounds pretty deep, deep down in the, in the hole of despair, detriment. But I would say sometimes it's, you know, great and sometimes it's not as great. So when is it great? When is it great? Yeah. There are some times where uh, people appreciate you, enjoy you, respect you for your knowledge, uh, want to hang out with you. Um, is that gay people or straight people that have that perspective? Both. I've had both, really. Okay. Yeah. And of course, then then there's a crossover for me that might not be fair because of being a teacher. I would have a lot of young boys that I knew were gay. I mean, I'm the teacher, so we didn't sure. go there in that. But I knew I knew that. I knew that's the way it was. And they would really want to hang out with me for some reason. Wow. To just talk to me and get everything they could get from me. But that might be more the teacher part than the right. gay part. I'm not exactly sure. Do you think that there is so much of an emphasis on sex within the male gay community that when younger gay men interact with older gay men, they just automatically assume that the older gay man wants to have sex with them? I think there is that assumption quite frequently. Do you think that makes the younger person sort of standoffish yeah or... i was gonna say afraid but not afraid but no like like guarded you know like maybe cause, right because they might think you ick i can remember an experience fairly recently within the last year when i was at sweet okay and there was a quite a nice friendly bartender and he brought me a drink and and we chit-chatted for a brief amount of time and then he became very standoffish oh and my feeling was is that he thought that I was interested in him sexually. Okay. And so he wanted to distance himself then. He did social distancing before there before we had a terminology for that. True. Um, just because he didn't was trying to like not continue to give you the wrong idea because he thought you were getting the wrong idea even though you weren't necessarily. Right. Do you think that's common that. with older gay guys? Uh, I think it's not uncommon. I'm sure right. it happens fairly frequently. I've got an interesting thought. Okay. The feeling that we're expressing right now about sort of losing our tribe or, or not being part of the group or being a little invisible as older gay men, do you think we do the opposite thing oh. to the people that aren't in our group? So, And here's what I mean. At our age, we're financially secure. We have probably a fairly good group of friends. We're from a generation that entertains that actually invites people over for dinner. Right. And has a dinner party or a cocktail party or right. something like that. Do you think we maybe isolate ourselves and limit who our friends are to people that are like us? Yep, I do. Now that you say that, I th I think you're uh, accurate. I think that's correct. I, d I hadn't really thought about that. I'm always thinking that particular people are not noticing me, but at the same time, I, I know I'm probably almost intentionally not noticing them either. Right. I'm trying to figure out why it is the way it is. I think maybe one of the things that happens is somebody makes a negative comment. A younger person makes a negative comment about the older person. 
Okay. So we immediately have a negative emotion towards that person. Why is it too that negative stuff sticks with us longer than the positive things? I don't know. But it does. It's an interesting question. I'm thinking of one person in particular that said something negative. Okay. This still has stuck with me. Yeah. I thought, well, that person won't be included in my group. Right. Well, you need to shake that off. Because they obviously don't like older people. Right. But maybe we need to shake that off. Maybe we need to keep inviting younger people. I agree. I think we have to have a whole new perspective on this. I never thought of that before. I never thought of the fact that maybe we are excluding younger people. We could probably take a lesson from our little friend, Fatty. Yeah, we probably could. Because I think he's pretty good about trying to bring everybody into the Mm -hmm. fold and including everyone. There is one younger person who likes hanging around with older people. It's the guy who has a vocal part on our podcast, Frankie. Oh, yeah? He does? He loves hanging around. Older guys, younger guys, makes no difference to him. Whoever. He's just wide-eyed, wants to just experience life. He's great. Now, there was a part of the late 80s into early 90s where, you know, there, there was so much pain and so much hurt and so much death that I I know for myself personally, if I really were, if I were to have therapy and really have this analyzed, that I started to build a wall yes, and became more guarded just all around in life, just in every aspect of life. I don't care who I'm dealing with or, or what the circumstance is. Mm-hmm. If it's a straight circumstance, a gay circumstance at work, at home, wherever, I just became a more carefully guarded person to try not to have myself hurt. And I don't think I've ever lost all of that. I think I'm still holding some of that. I think that's true. And there's one other piece I just thought of. I'd never thought of this before. I've never read it anywhere. If you look at the history of the AIDS crisis, back in the 80s when it hit full force, there was an almost an entire generation of gay men that were wiped out. Yeah. A few of us survived. But not as many as there were, certainly. Yes. I mean, there were thousands and thousands of gay men from our generation that died. The younger people growing up didn't have contact with those people. Yeah. Because they were missing. Right. So their contact was based on people their age or younger. Right. So now that they're getting to be 30, 40 years old, maybe, or maybe even older than that, Maybe we're just not part of their reality. Yeah, they don't. Well, there's there, there's things that they we know they don't have an understanding of, but we need to not be judgmental of them for that either. They don't know what they don't know. They don't know, so we that's can't be true. mad at them about that. No, right? that's true. Yeah, but I just wondered if that gap, that age gap, has made a difference in the way the gay community relates to each other and socializes. and Yeah, that's interesting. It's an interesting thing to think about. Our podcast is becoming therapy for us today. We're talking through some issues. Is here. that a bad thing? No, that's probably a good thing. It's okay. It's all a document. It is a document. That we can look back on someday about what we've talked about. One of our fans mentioned the fact that he liked our perspective Oh, yes. Our historic perspective, our age perspective on the gay community and topics we talked about. He loved when we reminisced about things from a previous era. Right. And that's a good thing. (laughs) 
I need to I need to smile more. That's what I think. Like, Physically I think smile? I, yeah, I don't think or I'm Or inside sm- smile? No, I think I'm not a smiley person outside. Really? I don't think I smile a lot. Am I a smiler? I don't even know. I, I, I think so. I think you are probably more really? smiley than I am. I think I'm serious. I'm, I'm just a serious I'm optimistic, person. I think. Yeah, and that's good. That's really good. I probably could take a lesson from that, too, and be more optimistic. I don't know. We all are different in different ways. We all have our strengths and weaknesses. And I think life is about trying to improve prove ourselves. Right. It's not easy. But nobody said it's going to be easy. Yeah. And my grandma used to tell me when I would tell her that when I was a little kid, and I would tell my grandmother who took care of me all the time, that's not fair, she would say. Well, life isn't fair, and if your mama told you life was fair, she lied to you. Yeah. That's what she would tell me. My grandma really? told me that more than once. Wow. Yeah. You know what I would like? When I die, I would like to feel like I was a better person than I was when I got on this planet. Okay. Yeah. And I would like to feel that I touched people's lives in a way that was memorable. Right. And um, I think that's that would make me happy. That's what I loved about teaching younger people. Sure. Well, right. and older people too. I, you know, my teaching I had all ages, but, but more more younger people than older people. That's what I liked about it. And I, th- I thought if I don't teach them anything, I'm going to leave them with just being a good person, an accepting person, a happy person. Uh, you know, just that that thing that you just said. That, yeah. So, Casey, it's always nice to visit with you. I'm glad that we were able to share our conversation with our listeners. Maybe they'll glean a little bit about our personalities and who we are as people. Just a bunch of old assholes. You know what? What I'm hoping (laughs) is they'll say, you know, those old guys aren't so bad. (laughs) Maybe they'd be fun to hang out with. Yeah. (laughs) We are kind of fun to hang out with. I think you're fun to hang out with. I think you're fun to hang out okay, with. Okay, well, there you go. So I understand you have a broken tail light, and we're going to go look at it. Yes, you are. Okay, let's go. See you later. Bye. Bye. Do you have questions or comments for us? Do you have a topic you would like us to discuss? Reach us by email at enormouspodcast at gmail.com. Leave us a voice message at 303-351-2880. You can also follow us on Facebook at Enormous Podcast and on Twitter at Enormous Pod. Our Instagram is Enormous underscore podcast. And don't forget to subscribe on Apple or wherever you find your podcasts. Until next time, remember to be kind and like us, keep it enormous. Just enormous. This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find all the best shows under the rainbow at pride48.com. Are you finished? Not yet. Now I'm finished.